Hello, hello, and welcome to Hear Her Sports. I'm Elizabeth Emery, host and producer of this podcast. Today's guest is Mallory Hatmaker. She works as a certified nurse practitioner with Cleveland Clinic's employee wellness and internal medicine departments. She is also a fast runner, as in she recently won a 5K outright against both men and women, as in she trains at 640 pace, pushing a stroller with a two-year-old inside. We talk about that speed, competition, and some struggles. What makes this episode special is that Mallory shares her experiences with postpartum depression, which hit her hard after the birth of her second daughter. She shares details about what led up to that and about other contributing factors. Mallory has managed to continue running, even with physical, mental, family, time, and career constraints. She's adjusted her training and renamed it, but keeps going. I'm grateful to Mallory for her ability and willingness to talk about what she's been through. You know, it can be hard to talk about mental illness, taking medication, sending yourself to the hospital for six days, and all of our secret personal foibles. Yet when I asked her about using the recording for Hear Her Sports, she said the more we open up a topic of mental illness, the better. This conversation was originally recorded as part of Hear Her Sports Glenville, an ongoing separate audio project focusing on sporty women of Cleveland's Glenville neighborhood. This episode includes an excerpt from that full conversation, along with a recent follow-up call to find out how she's doing now, a year later. Find a link to all the Glenville stories in the main menu of hearhersports.com and in this week's show notes. This conversation starts with us talking about a response Mallory wrote on one of the online forums for women interested in telling their stories as part of Hear Her Sports Glenville. Let's get started. Well, welcome, Mallory. I really appreciate you talking to me, and uh, I look forward to hearing more about your sporty life. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I want to start with your answer to the question, what do you value most? I found it really interesting what you said. Could you reply to that again? Oh, gosh, I don't remember what I said, but <laughs> no, I, I value most um, the ability to be able to run and work out and exercise. Um, I just know there was times in my life um, in college, especially with getting injured, and there was a time of not even being sure if I would be able to ever run again after having a knee surgery um, that didn't go so well. So the the fact that I can just get out there and be able to do it is I don't take it for granted at all. Um, it's, it's, yeah. So that's why I value most is that I have the body to be able to do it. I know that you work in a hospital. Do you think that influences your answer to this question and your yeah, feeling of for gratefulness? Sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, I used to work in lung transplant. So here I would treat patients, you know, waiting for new lungs that by removing their oxygen mask, you know, their desaturation, you know, to brush their teeth, you know, they, they couldn't even do that without, you know, you know, putting the oxygen right back on. And, you know, that critical, like, I mean, this person can't even breathe without high flow oxygen. And here I, I don't want to go for my run today, or I don't want to, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a no brainer anymore. Like, you know, these people can't even get out of a chair. Um, so yeah, my, my experiences and what I've seen and people that can't leave a hospital room, I, I feel like I owe it to them and to anybody, you know, I have to get out there. I don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your job. I don't exactly know what you do. Um, so yeah, I'm a nurse practitioner. I currently work part-time at the Cleveland Clinic and then I have a part-time uh, job from home and that's kind of new or in the last year. Um, and it's worked out well with my current life situation of being a mama too. So I, I kind of treat acuity, uh, like in an urgent care setting. Um, and my job from home is nice. It's a uh, nursing homes and rehabs calling in on acuity again. So 
kind of uh, emergency medicine is where I'm currently at. It's working well, but I do have a big background in transplant. Uh, oh, yeah. how about that? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So tell me more about your sport. I know that you have a pretty decorated past in college. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I was more decorated uh, in high school. Um, I, I definitely... I mean, I used to work out eight hours a day. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I mean, obsessive. I mean, not not in a healthy way either, I don't believe. But it got me my scholarship and, you know, what I, my goals. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was intense. It was long distance running. I was a gymnast before I was a runner. So from, like, ages two till, oh, uh, gosh, I was, you know, 13, 14, I decided I was a, I was a mediocre gymnast, and I realized I wasn't going to get a scholarship at, you know, where I was. And I found running to be very easy for me, um, you know. And so I knew the natural ability was more geared for the running. And so I just started to do it just because it was something to do, you know, freshman in college or in high school. And then I realized with little training, I would lie to my high school coach that I was doing runs, uh, on my off days, but I never did. <laughs> um, and, and he could figure out like, you know, why, if she's running this mileage, why is she not running faster? Cause she, you know, so yeah, we joke about it now, but, and then I became really serious cause even with little training, I was still okay. Um, but then I tried to become great at it. And unfortunately though, you know, you push those barriers and sometimes the injuries, I had multiple stress fractures. And then when I got into college, it just got worse. And then a knee surgery for just a meniscal tear turned into a complete disaster. And then I tried to, you know, becoming a pole vaulter because I was a gymnast. So we just were, I was just grabbing at straws, you know, trying to figure out how to how to regain, you know, keep some sort of competitiveness going and I ended up slipping a disc in my back while lifting. So I had a very rough college years. Um, I mean, I was studying to be a nurse, which was difficult. And then just being injured and mentally, physically, everything just kind of, kind of fell apart. Um, so yeah, that's my background. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think things fell apart in college? Um, it, it was both. It was, I mean, definitely I was trying to push the limit on a body that it wasn't, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, iron deficiencies, you know, um, some stomach issues. And then I just, I mean, at one time I was running with four stress fractures, both tibias and both femurs. And I mean, it was awful. And I was just trying to push an envelope. And so, I mean, you know, and, and being a long distance athlete, you know, you kind of, I was good at swimming and biking. So then when I was hurt, I was putting in tons of hours in the pool and on the bikes trying to keep your fitness at a certain level. And, I mean, that becomes just really hard to do, especially in college when it's almost easier to go run a track workout and be done with it. But if you're cross-training, you need an hour in the pool and maybe an hour on the bike. And you have to be pushing at a high intensity to even try to keep your VO2 max, you know, close to where you were if you were running a workout. So it's just – I was – I was just, it was hard. It was mentally and physically just one of the hardest times. And I, I kind of had to fall to the wayside um, and realize that, hey, this this isn't working out. And I focused on my nursing career knowing that, hey, this is more going to be for life. You know, this four years is kind of short term. And I was never good enough to say, hey, I'm going to go train for the Olympics or anything like that. So I kind of had to push it away. And with getting hurt, I honestly remember walking around with my husband trying to buy Christmas gifts and my back when I slipped my disc, I mean, it was hurting so bad. We had to leave. I couldn't even Christmas shop. I was in so much pain. And I mean, I was, you know, what, 21. And I, I thought for sure, like, 
my life's over. Like if I can't work out, you know, if I can't even walk around the mall to buy gifts, um, it took two and a half years of physical therapy and, and, and injections to finally get my back and to realize like moderation with, you know, running, lifting, yoga, you know, the whole nine yards. And now that I'm able to run and now I can run, you know, I mean, <laughs> any other long distance runner is going to laugh when I say, if I can do 20 miles a week, that's good. But it really is. That's, that's all I need. That's all my body can handle. But I'm grateful that I have that. Yeah. So I'm really fascinated about, you know, like being a, a pretty high level athlete and then getting injured and then, you know, figuring out how to make a physical lifestyle work for you given new realities of being a mom, being a, a career person, and also dealing with the limits of your body. How do you make that right. happen? Yeah, um, I'm very self-aware of where where my limit is. Like I can't, like I said, 20 miles a week is probably like my max. And being a mom and working full time and everything, I don't have the time to get obsessive <laughs> with it, which is good because then that keeps me from not getting injured. Um, and my time is limited. So like today I can quickly get out for 25 minutes and I try to make the best of that 25 minutes. Like I'm going to run a hard mile in the middle of my run and see what I can do. And, you know, no, I pushed it for those few minutes and, you know, then I enter small 5Ks or I enter maybe a 10K at max, you know, and I currently don't sign myself up or set myself my goals too high so that I don't have to, uh, you know, the pressure isn't there and then I don't have to get obsessive with it because that's the whole thing. It's just moderation. And it really, it's just now to keep healthy, to stay sane <laughs> and, you know, and, I, do I miss it? Yeah. I mean, I miss getting to the line and looking around knowing like, Hey, I'm going to beat you. Like, you know, I've trained way harder, or, you know, or getting, you know, I'm going to PR today or I miss that, but I can still get it. I can like, you know, I ran a 5k this past Saturday and I, I only got beat by one guy and, you know, and he was a high schooler kid. And so I was like, cool. Ooh, you know, yeah, you know, it gets you back into it. But I, you know, I, I see other girls that I used to beat in high school that are training right now and qualifying for the Olympic marathon. And my college teammate, uh, Nicole Camp, is actually living with me and my husband right now. And, like, she's a two-time Olympic trials qualifier. And so, you know, I'm getting challenged by her right now to go out and do some hard runs. And I wish I could get that lifestyle back, but I can't. I, can't, I, I don't have the time. And I don't – and I couldn't do it because physically – those injuries would come right back. I just don't have the body. Uh, and I'm aware of that now. Right, right. You mentioned cross training. I assume that fits into sort of the bigger picture. Yeah, I, you know, right now timing, I don't have time to get to a pool. I don't have time to, yeah, to get on the bike. And But in the future, yeah, I think as the girls, my two daughters are getting older, I could see myself like, hey, you know, Let's let's get back into it. Um, what is that? I'd be a master's. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it'd be fun, but yeah. not right now. Cool. It sounds like running really sort of grabbed you in a way because it was so easy. What do you like about running? Um, it stops my mind. It, and this is something most recently I've I've loved a, a new appreciation for it. But it really does uh, give me. I mean, you're pushing yourself, you know, it's that goal oriented driven person that I am that it, it just makes me feel complete. I mean, it always has. And it's, it's something that is so important now in my life that, I mean, without it, I don't know what I would do. 
I mean, I can do yoga and I can do other things, but there's nothing like that sweat on a track and just, you know, breathing chest heaviness feeling like I just, it's great. <laughs> and uh, so I guess it's my drug and I guess it's a healthy drug to have. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and what makes you good? Uh, what do you mean? Like, um, I don't know. I, Why I, do you think that you're a good runner? Oh, I mean, I was blessed with good genes, so I have to give that something. <laughs> um, and, you know, goals. I think with anything in life, if you don't have a goal with anything, you're not going to, you know, what are you living for? So, you know, even if I'm going out there for three miles, and like I said, if I just run that middle mile hard, but I tell myself, hey, let's try to hit that middle mile six flat, you know, and so like that's, it, I guess I'm good at pushing myself and that limit. Like when I feel like, oh, this hurts, this hurts really bad, or my legs are dead, or, you know, well, there's a lot of other things in life that hurt a lot worse. And I just, I remind myself that and it's, um, so yeah. (laughs) Do you do, you know, like poster boards and, and vision boards and things like that for your goals? Oh gosh, this is funny. So in high school, when I was a little crazy, uh, I had above my bed, a chart. I I still remember it was on yellow poster board. And I mean, when I say I worked out eight hours a day, I mean, each like day had a call, uh, like six columns and like, you know, did the run, did I get my run in? Did I get my lift in? Did I do my polyometrics? Did I do my swim? I mean, I was crazy. And so I had stickers like, you know, or like, you know, X's and God forbid if like one thing was missed, you know, so like this was obsessive. That's compulsive. I mean, I not like that by no means anymore with my running, (laughs) which is good, but But I still like I make a daily to do list. (laughs) okay? and on that list almost every day is my run or, you know, I do take two days off a week where I try not to, you know, work out or I do get my break. But yeah, so um, did I answer the question? I might have. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Well, uh, yes, you did. Uh, So you have a, a daily to do list and you so you make that in the morning or you make that at night? No, I gotta make. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I gotta make it. I make it every night. Um, I for those who know me, I used to have an acronym at the bottom and it was like SFRND and it meant stuff ready for next day. And that was basically a reminder to do the list. But I'm so good now that I don't even need a reminder because I have to do it. So yeah, I make a list before going to bed almost every night. And it's just in preparation of the next day or the next few days of what needs to be done. And you know, my workouts on there just, you know, to try to fit it into the day. Um, I guess I'm that person that needs to scratch off everything on my list. And, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do realize that sometimes the list uh, consumes me. And yeah, so making my brain stop, this is where running pulls me away from the list, makes me not think about it, makes me not, you know, obsess. (laughs) So right. I actually love a good list. Uh, do you meditate? You talk about running sort of, it sounds Uh, as if running is a little bit meditative. Yes, it is. I'm the best meditator when I am running because it's really the only thing so far that can stop my mind. I used to belong to a yoga, um, yoga roots in Cleveland Heights. I used to belong to them, um, before having kids and I was, I mean, avid five, six days a week. And that was also, I could lose my brain and my mind in yoga, Um, nowadays, yeah, running is it. I try to meditate. I mean, my goal is sometimes to wake up and do a few minutes. Like I have an eight minute routine. I'm, I suck at it. I just, I wish, (laughs) yeah, I, I wish I was better because I know the benefits of it. I know the, I mean, the research that's coming out right now and where people are going with meditation and, and how important it is, um, 
if there was one goal that I had right now for myself, that would probably it would would be to try to meditate more. I mean, for sure. Uh, so yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> right, I understand. It, in a way, your list sounds a little bit meditative. I mean, not quite, but you know, you. Uh... you... <laughs> <laughs> I wish. But you I mean, take time every night and you sort of, it sounds like you reflect on what you did the that day and think about the tomorrow. Yeah, no. it's a little, it's a little obsessive. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm seeing a therapist and she jokes with it, you know, and we're, you know, what, what's on the list today? And You know, there's some things that are very important, you know, like this talk. I don't want to forget that I'm, you know, talking with you, but there's other things that are so silly. So, yeah. yeah. <sighs> cool. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Uh, hey, I like a good list. Um, <laughs> So you've mentioned to me that sport and running has been really important during your pregnancy and also during motherhood. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. During pregnancy, I was very blessed to have like two great pregnancies with my daughters, like no problems. I ran through both of them and I still was running pretty fast. Like I could try to at like 39 weeks pregnant, I was still could break seven in the mile. So I was but I would literally walk to the track and run the mile and walk home. Um, but yeah, pregnancy was great. Never had any issues mentally, physically, very blessed. But then, um, I noticed after my first pregnancy or like postpartum after my first daughter, things were a little off. You know, I just noticed my brain was a little not right. And I jumped back into running pretty as soon as I could because I had C-sections with both. And when I got the okay, but only having one kid, like I still was able to stay in control of things. Things were fine, but I would notice uh, my husband and I actually had a little joke. Like he would tap my head pretty hard when crazy thoughts or things that were a little bit out of the, you know, like, Hey, that's just, you know, you being a little protective of being a mom or, you know, thoughts. And then we had our second daughter and things were really well for the first four or five weeks. I did try starting to work from home around five weeks and a panic attack happened. And it was severe and it was debilitating, crippling. It was, and it lasted for like two or three days. And I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't recognize anything. I just knew something, you know, and, and then the next week or two I got sick. Everything just started spiraling. I did, I wasn't eating, eating. I lost eight pounds in two weeks. I wasn't sleeping. I remember one Saturday morning saying, okay, Mallory, like it's, I knew something was wrong, but I, I was like so far released from my body. I was like, well, go for a run. I knew that always felt good. Or I knew that it could always bring me back. And I, you know, we live here in Glenville. And I went around Wade Oval, you know, just to like do, you know, a nice, you know, peaceful loop. But I was so ramped up with cortisol, adrenaline, and now I was running. And so my heart rate was already, I mean, normal Mallory heart rate is like fifties. And 
I was before even running at like 120. And so here I actually, the running made it worse. I mean, nothing could pull me out of the state I was in and it got so severe. Um, I got admitted to the hospital. I was in the hospital for six days. Um, it took, it took a, it's, 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 it's an awful thing to ever have to go through, but it was the best thing that could have ever been done. And now in the past five months, what I have learned about myself, what I'm still learning, what I'm still trying to conquer and, and fear, um, you know, coming out of that, you know, and it's funny when I was in the hospital, they had a treadmill and a bike. Um, I was on a very well controlled, it was kind of called the mood floor and it was voluntary to be there. I met some great people. It was great. So anyways, they had this exercise room and, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, we know you're a big runner, you know, but I was so ramped up and here, I mean, I'd lost so much weight. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I hadn't slept in four days. I'd slept a total of eight hours. I mean, it was awful and it's not good sleep. It's, you know, so, I mean, I couldn't even just walking around. I was already sore, you you know, just to your body's just going through something so great. Um, so yeah, I've come to realize that taking care of me, um, and that includes working out and making myself a priority is, is gotta be number one. And I hate saying that because as a mom, like, no, like my kids have got to be number one and they've got it and they, and they are, but if I start obsessing about them and compulsing like I was, then I will, I turned myself into a panic and I worry, you know, I never could understand when you heard like mom saying, Oh, my, I check on my kids and make sure they're breathing. I didn't do that, but I was doing very similar things. I mean, I was paranoid that, you know, something was wrong or this wasn't right. And so running has now become so much more for me. Um, it, it's a must. It has to be there because it's, it's part of my treatment. It's part of, you know, to be the best mom and to be the best wife and best nurse practitioner, I have to, you know, be the best me. And the only way I am is if I, you know, keep, <laughs> keep it all kind of balanced in moderation. So that was really long winded. Uh, there's a lot more I could go into, yeah. but I don't think everybody want to hear. Here's any more. Well, I have a question. <laughs> I don't know that much about postpartum depression. Is it, it's chemical. So like a chemical switch happened? Yeah, at six weeks, postpartum is where big things change. At six weeks, I was not realizing what was going on. I was planning my two-year-old's birthday party, and then I got sick. I came down with flu-like symptoms, and we're thinking that combination of that taking place, I was running fevers of like 102, I'm trying to breastfeed, you know, everything's just... And then I just, yes. So, so it was, yes, combination of the chemicals and everything. Yeah. Your hormones basically take a nosedive at six weeks. Um, well, it's like four to six and yeah, mine just spiraled and yeah. And I kind of felt like, oh, well, this was it. Let me go. You know, I had to go in the hospital, had to get things figured out, take some medications, you know, and I'm fixed. And for about three, four weeks, like I was like, you know, I kind of was like living on little highs and like, I got this and but then, like, we did get the actual flu, my whole family, besides the baby, and, like, that was in January, it came back, and I will tell, I mean, people who are close to me know, this is still a daily struggle, like, my hormones aren't, I'm still breastfeeding, like, you know, doing all that, so still hormones are really out of whack, and you're just a mom of a newborn, and, I mean, she's not a newborn anymore, but she's still an infant, and I got a two-year-old, too, and you know, you just, you want the what's best for them, so you just, <laughs> but a person like me who, you know, I obsess about certain things, you know, and so it can get to be over too much. And then when you get the hormones involved, yes, everything, it's like a perfect spiral. And it's, it, 
it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's very scary. Did you have PMS problems? I have real PMS problems and I can feel yeah, when it's happening. Know, well, okay, so I know a lot of other athletes can relate. I actually was, you know, like in high school and college had the female athlete triad syndrome, you know, so where you don't have your, you know, periods because you're so low body fat and, you know, so much running. So I've actually had, I'm very like sporadic, like we had to use fertility help to get pregnant both times and like, you know, and I'm very aware of, I don't probably have all these female hormones that most women do and, you know, I get all that. I mean, um, so no, I never, A, I never really had periods and B, never really had PMS. Like, so I think too, that also played him to my disadvantage of, Hey, you just had a baby and now all these hormones are going crazy and here's a C-section thrown at you and this and da, 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 and now you're breastfeeding. So I think my body naturally, I'm a person that just has never had to deal with like severe PMS and hormones and periods and all this crazy stuff. And so when it was thrown at me, I don't even know how to handle it. Yeah. So I think it's not good <laughs> for me, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's a really interesting perspective. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so what is your training like now? And, and cause you said that you're, you're determined to do it pretty much every day other than the two rest days. Yeah. Um, uh, training. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you talk, uh, do you call it training? No, I don't. Uh -huh. I, it's not because it's, it's, um, it's my treatment. It really is treatment. So it's, uh, it's to get out there and to breathe really heavy and hard, like if I can. So, um, some days it's pushing the stroller for four miles and maybe those middle two miles, I'll try to see like, Hey, can I push the stroller 640 pace for two miles? And that's pretty hard, especially with a two year old. So, <laughs> um, and then the next day maybe it's, you know, it's funny. There's no such thing as long runs anymore because, I do. I do still struggle with, I don't want to be gone for more than 30 minutes. I, it's really, I feel bad. I feel guilty being away from my kids. I don't want, I just, I can't, I'm still not able to make myself that much of a priority. So 30 minutes is usually my max. So maybe a longer run is four miles a day. <laughs> um, but most days I maybe run three miles. Um, like I said, my, uh, college teammates here and she's of course training for the marathon so you know I threw in some 800s with her on the track this week and that was fun or we did some mile repeats last week you know but I mean that's it it's it's just what I can do and and my fun days are pushing the stroller to the park and letting my daughter play on the playground for a half hour and running home mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's it that's training or treatment <laughs> and, it, and it sounds like you're able to fit it in because often you're bringing you're bringing your daughters with you Yes. Yeah, that's huge. And then you don't feel that guilt. You know, and I, I feel already like today I brought her to the track and I was a little concerned, but nobody else is out there. So that's good. And the track's gated. But I just kind of plopped her on the infield, gave her her apple, had a soccer ball out there. And I told her, hey, mom's going to run four laps really hard. And she, I mean, she ran over to the, you know, the, the one straight away at one point. And I just told her, like, go get your apple. And, you know, my I was just constantly watching her because I was nervous. But like, I mean, she enjoyed it, you know, and then she told me, I'm going to run, and so she takes off, you know, and so it's good for her to see this even at a young age. I want my girls to realize that you need to balance and moderation and that, that nothing can ever get too obsessive because then that's where things turn south, right. so. And, and what are your goals sort of longer term? And I ask that in, in terms of your running and maybe your physical activity, but also uh, how you fit physical activity into your life. And I think that's, yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, right now the girls are so young, but once they go to school and you know, they're gone and I have that time, 
you know, really, I mean, I joked about being a master's runner, but I, I, I don't find that to be too far off. I think that would be something to see, you know, I think 10 K would probably be the max my body could allow me to, you know, train at a safe level without getting too hurt. I do love swimming. I'm not great. I've never been coached like formally to know, but I did a few triathlons back in the day as more of just a training cross training type thing. And I was like the first woman out of the water, um, without training, without knowing what to do. So, you know, not that I want to do triathlons because the bike thing, I don't know. God bless you and all you bikers. Um, <laughs> I, I still have a road rash, uh, scar on my arm and that was just commuting. Okay. Commuting. I wasn't even out there training. So I'm a little scared on the bike, but yeah, in the future, maybe there'll be some races that I can make a name for myself again, but it definitely won't be anything too crazy. Do you like competing? I do. I love it. I, I do. Right now, competing is scary because I don't put in the work. I don't put in the time. So when I get to the line to start, I don't have that confidence that I used to, you know, because before, hey, I trained eight hours a day and I know I'm more physically fit. Um, something, a quote my high school coach used to always say is, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I mean, I was never the most gifted I didn't have the most natural ability, but I worked harder than any other girl who could have lined up next to me. If you beat me, it was because, yeah, you were talented, not because you worked harder. Well, cool. Hope I didn't ramble on too much. No, it was fantastic. <laughs> I really appreciate you being agreeable to participating. I, I'm oh, yeah. really grateful. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Hi, Mallory. Almost a year after our first call, yeah. I wanted to check back in and see how you're doing. Yeah. Um, so things have been a little complicated with running. Yeah. Um, tell me about your running. Yeah. What, what are you up to? Uh, well, I wish I could say I was up to more. Um, I ran a race, let's see, in September. So about six months ago and was in a really good shape, had good training over the summer, nothing crazy, but just things were going well. And I ran a 5k and actually won it. And it was pretty cool because my best friend and college teammate ran the 10k and she won the 10k so it was like two women so fun. and then we beat the guys yeah it was so cool so we kind of and is it funny or I felt a little bit um I don't know what the right word is but like I was uh and not embarrassed but like a little bit like trying to like hide like you know afterwards everybody's coming up to you and you're just but I wanted to like because I, I don't know why I felt bad for being the guys and like my teammate finishes and she's like oh this is great and like but, you know, it's almost like I felt like people were going to think we were doping, right? Like, you almost have this, like, because, you know, it, it was just so weird. And um, But, no, we were just, we have good genes and we, you know, train well. You and train hard. It was yeah. just, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was one of those things. So it was pretty cool. And after she said that, I was like, wait a minute, I shouldn't feel guilty for, you know, beating the guys. You know, stop it. Like, it, I, mean, I was then mad at myself for having those feelings. Um, so, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was weird. <laughs> The unfortunate part is after September and this race, um, I've had some major setbacks physically with uh, a lot of inflammation in the body. And um, I ended up in the ICU and intubated and this inflammation stuff coming up and down. So it's kind of like it's been a roller coaster of like a good four weeks, a bad four weeks, a good. And so very uncontrollable. And that's um, very hard to deal with when you're an athlete and you know, you kind of gear up, you know, I have a good three weeks and training might be going well. And then all of a sudden I get a head cold, but for, unfortunately my head colds turn into like two weeks of 
body aches, fevers, fatigue, joint pain. It's just so unfortunately I've had to see rheumatology for some um, positive ANA and we we're kind of going down this road like could this be lupus and right now we're still really not sure what's going on and wow. more in the you know, like workup. Yeah, so it's been really, really frustrating as an athlete. You kind of, you have these you know, because I, you know, wishes, goals, dreams, and now we're coming into the spring and like, you know, all the race races are coming up. And I mean, very honest, like my training over the past six months has been, I mean, awful. I mean, just, but it's not, it's just physical limitations. And I'm actually trying to scale back now to like, okay, if I don't feel well, I got to just do my yoga that day. I can't go for my run because sometimes that run will put me a few more days backwards. So very much as every athlete should be listening to their body, um, I've had to like really take that into account even more so now. And I'm still just trying to realize that there's some days I shouldn't do it and and to stick with maybe a little lifting routine or something, you know, that might not be so taxing on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I'm hoping to run a 5K next Sunday in Toledo. But, again, like I'm very day-to-day, so that makes – Again, you know, there's there, there's no training plan because there can't be, um, and that I have to mentally realize that that's okay because before when you have this training plan, you got you know if it's on paper, it's like oh today's got to be the interval or tomorrow's got to be the long run or this, and now it's like well I'll wake up and however I feel I got to tailor it to that day. So, right. don't you think that athletes relate differently to getting sick than sort of not athletes? Oh, definitely a head cold or even, I mean, I had a great high school teammate. He was one of our top runners in high school. And I mean, he ran through pneumonia. I mean, you, you kind of just, not that you're ignoring it, but you do feel like you're more powerful and that, you know, I always had, Oh, well, if I got drainage, I'll just get outside. It's going to help the drainage. I'm going to be great. And sometimes that does work really, you know, the exercise component of staying healthy sometimes really is what you need, but there's like that tipping point. <laughs> <You> gotta, <laughs> Yeah, 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 not tip. Yeah. <laughs> Pneumonia, running, eh, you doesn't probably, work so well. You know, rest. <laughs> yeah, and how about postpartum depression? How's that? Uh, well, so on a positive note, that has been amazing. Like I have, you know, I don't think you're ever going to fully beat something. You know, you're still going to have challenges every day. But um, I, I can, I, and I'm very open about this. But I, I mean, I haven't had like a panic attack or a major issue in about seven months, and I've been off all meds for four months. So it's like, whew, we've we've conquered that battle, um, at least right now. And you know, and sometimes people, you might need meds, you know, for life, and that's great. And if that's what makes you 100%, then good. But I can finally say, like, I'm 100% mentally, um, and it's taken some time. It really a lot more time than I, you know, was hoping for, but, uh, patience is everything. And of course, learning a new way to live, whether it's diet and meditation and sleep and just, and nutrition, just how much that impacts it. And I will say like, I've recently thrown out like some major things in my diet as far as like gluten, dairy, wheat and eggs and Physically, yeah, it's a big, you know, 180 as far as like really taking away inflammation. And I can say when I do get out there on those days where I feel good to run and exercise like at a, maybe a high intensity, I feel really good. So, yeah, we're just kind of in this trial. But, yeah, yeah, so things are good on the mental front. But like I said, it's still um, something, you know, some days I wake up and maybe the body doesn't feel well, too. And then that can sometimes play tricks on the brain of sure gosh, I just want to get things done, you know, so you kind of have to 
um, really, really hone in. You know, like my morning may look like, hey, if I can just do some yoga or I can just, you know, physically and mentally feel okay, that's okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm itching to compete. You know, I don't think as an athlete, you don't, you never really, I think, lose that, right? Like, you know, whether you attended a sporting event and like watching or knowing the dedication that an athlete put in and then seeing the results and that feeling of, you know, completion and success, like, God, I wish I could do that again. But now it's like, hey, if I can just run a 5k next week and finish, (laughs) I'll feel good. Right. So I'm assuming that postpartum depression does not dissipate for everyone in the same way. Is that correct? No, no. Yeah, right. It's, It's something that can be years or lifelong or, you know, and that's, that's okay. You know, I think you just have to take your situation into hand and I've learned a lot through like, you know, a good therapist and, you know, everything about just, you know, um, you, you kind of learn a lot about yourself. Like for 30 years, I just thought I had this resilience built up about my life and, you know, thought I could buster through everything. And I was really good at that, but there's some things that might be a little bit stronger than, than that. And you got to just learn how to, a new way of learning and thinking and, um, I, I really honestly will say it's been the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I mean, raising two little girls that one day they're going to be, you know, 15 and 13. And whew, I take deep breaths when I think about that, but <laughs> they're going to need that emotional support, you know, and I, I don't feel as a person, I, I knew how to give that to anyone or myself, but now I can really be there for them when they're telling me like, Hey, you know, this is going on in school or someone, you know, and I just feel like I've learned so much more about me that I can help them and help others close to me too get through things because it's not easy. <laughs> not at all. Well, I really appreciate you being so honest and open about what you've gone through since the birth of your children. And I'm also really fascinated that you are saying that it's the best thing that happened to you. Yeah. I mean, if you would have asked me that, you know, 13 months ago, 14 months ago, I would have been like, you know, oh my God, my life's ending. And I'm, you know, I mean, be very honest, I was admitted to a facility. And I remember looking out the window thinking, okay, you know, accept it. You're schizophrenic. Like this is going to, you know, like, I just thought I would lose. I mean, I was losing my mind, but I didn't realize that like, it was temporary or that it was just severe panic and anxiety and that, you know, hormones were playing a part and I just was very unbalanced in the way I was living and thinking. And, you know, but, you know, it's, it's been for the best, um, you know, and I've even gotten, you know, my husband, like we've (laughs) been together since I was like 14 and, you know, he's got his own things and like to get him to start doing some meditation and realizing, you know, things it's, it's kind of really helped us to grow and, um, I had right before you called, I was helping my three-year-old down from a meltdown about what she was going to wear this morning. And, you know, so it's, you kind of just learn that, um, one of the top physicians that I work with made it clear that you won't be able to control the emotion, right? The emotion is going to happen, but you can control the action of what you're going to, you know, do upon that emotion. So that's been something that's really striked me hard as a colleague told me this recently. And I'm like, that's so true. Like, so it's, it's learning whether you're three or whether you're 33. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and when you were when you were in the hospital and looking out the window, you know, how did you manage to soldier on, you know, sort of from the, I guess, the darkest times? 
Oh, gosh. I mean, the hospital is very much like a psychosis event, so I, it's hard for me to, like, remember a lot of it, um, which is sad and scary at the same time. But um, I remember looking down at the road below the, the hospital and watching cars. And it was, like, 9 a.m., and, um, you know, I was imagining, like, this person's going to work. I just want to go over to work. I just want to be normal again. I just want to get out of here. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, just, you know, thoughts that were just, oof. but, um, like, over time you just, you start to develop new, new ways to cope, new ways to think. Um, medications help. Like you need meds when you are that sick and people should not be afraid of, you know, because sometimes the, the hormones and things and the dopamine and serotonin are so off that you need that. So don't ever be shy because that's the only way that it got me to stability at that moment. And, you know, it took six days and then I was finally okay to, step back into my home and my life and be able to pull it together. But that doesn't mean I was okay. That means that was just like to get me over this, you know, hump, you know, and I was on two different medications and one to help with sleep and sleep is so big for mental illness too. I mean, people don't realize that. I think that's one thing that we always just kind of pull away and whether it's insomnia, I mean, as an athlete, you know, you're not sleeping well the night before the race, right? That's a, you know, a cortisol adrenaline. That's good to a point, but if you didn't have good sleep leading up to that, like, you know, you don't want to go down the spiral of, you know, insomnia and so many things. And that's mental illness too. I mean, waking you up, whether it's a jolt of adrenaline and anxiety. So over time, what's gotten me out of this too is a big support. I mean, I'm very lucky to have husband, mother, mother-in-laws, sisters, sisters-in-law, you know, just everybody and, oh gosh, friends and colleagues, like just you're not going to get through it alone, like alone. Like it's going to be a hard battle unless you had really good support. And then just a learning game of, you know, lifestyle management. I remember my therapist, one of the first things she said, like, how are you sleeping? How are you eating? You know, just the basics, but the basics are so important. So I wish I knew more about meditation and the powerful aspects of the mind. Um, like that could have helped me, I think back when you were, you know, competing because, there's a good thing to be at a starting line and have adrenaline and cortisol. I mean, you need that, you know, you need the gun to go off and you're out the gate, but there's a difference between anxiety and fear, you know, build up. And I think a lot of athletes today are learning the power of the meditation and how, you know, a sense of, you know, confidence and channeling those hormones and adrenaline and everything that's you know pumping through you, how to channel that into like positive energy that, Hey, you know, I'm going to beat this girl or I'm going to get this, you know, like other than, oh, shoot, you know, she looks fit today. That's, you know, those, those things that you kind of can control right there. Um, just the power of positivity, not only in competing, but whether you're taking a test or whether you're, you know, performing a surgery on a patient, I mean, whatever it is, it's, you know, you hear people talk about this, but I think until you kind of maybe have felt it, um, and there's great research out there right now and more to come with, you know, meditation and, and maybe it's spirituality, whatever it is that gets you to channel in your, your inner thoughts and emotions and, and how to uh, use those to your best. So, okay, that was a really loaded answer. Um, and a <laughs> but, good one. So I'm done. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking part in Hear Her Sports Glenville and for doing this follow-up call. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Again, a huge thank you to Mallory Hatmaker for being a guest on this show and on Hear Her Sports Glenville. Thanks to you for listening and generally supporting the show. I really appreciate your emails and suggestions. 
There's new merchandise in the shop at hearhersports.com. Head there right now to get some cool stuff to show your love for female athletes. Hear Her Sports was started to increase media coverage of female athletes and women in sports. 44% of athletes are women, and only 4% of sports media coverage is about women. That's not a number, it's a rounding error. As women, we're all going to benefit from speaking way up, telling our stories, and listening to stories of incredible women like my sporty, adventurous guests. Subscribe to the Hear Her Sports newsletter, donate, or purchase new swag on hearhersports.com. Our theme music is by the band Goldmines, our logo by Agnes Studio. I'll be back in two weeks. Bye-bye. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures.